Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, so do you have a good story to tell? Well, you know what? Stories, we love stories. We do. And we live for stories. We do. It's like, tell me more, tell me more. And stories stick, so you remember them. And you are really good at remembering stories, I must say. You see... Well, I, I, I do remember stories, because, and you'll always will tell I don't me. remember totally all the details, but I'll remember, like, the overview, where you can come in and go, remember when they said, or remember when we did, and I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I could have pulled that up, but now that you say that, I totally remember. And then you're able to put something in context. But it's funny, because you'll say that I'm the one that remembers the stories, but once I start, start telling a story, you will come up with these intricate details that you remember it completely, like, in a different from a different lens where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That happened as well. Okay. The one that I'm thinking of right now, and, and it's sad that I would remember this story because it doesn't put me in a good light, but I'm going to love this story. Is when we were in Colorado and we were on this dream team to help this publishing company come up with, uh, just a new fresh lens of, of doing, you know, women's ministry, etc. And there was a gal who was just this icon of helping women and really pouring into women. And so they wanted her there with her perspective. And we were all sitting around in a circle. And I remember thinking, this is a great picture. Like this is, it was cool. It was in this like cabin atmosphere. (laughs) And so I, I don't, I can't remember. This is the details where I'm just thinking, okay, I know, you know, what I asked everyone to do, but I, I just remember saying, Hey, let's all get in this picture. And somehow I told her and she was a little bit older. She was more mature. And I told her to get on the floor, which she did me not realizing that she physically could get on the floor, but she wasn't going to be able to get up. But I can't remember what what did I, what were we doing? What was the photo shoot about? You just wanted a photo to, to remember the moment. <laughs> and, and it's like, then you walked away and left her on the ground as I remember. <laughs> and it was like the rest of us had to come help her get up. And you went on to, I think what you did is you went to the buffet line. <laughs> well, they said the food is ready. Yes. So you were long gone in the buffet line and the rest of us are looking like going, I'm so sorry. Let us help get you up from here. And you know, you want to give her her dignity. Well, then you were repeating the story like weeks later and you were, you know, mocking me, throwing me under the bus. And then you said, um, well, she had a titanium leg or knee, knee. or something. And I, I started laughing so hard thinking you made that up. I didn't realize that was such a thing. That and I go, do you think I could have made that up? <laughs> she really had a titanium <laughs> knee. I would not have been that. I was not that intelligent to think of that. And you're like, she really didn't? I go, yes. And you walked on to the buffet line and left her. And so we had to pick her up. So yeah, that yeah. was that was funny. That's yeah. horrible. That is just horrible. You got your memory though. Yes. You got your po- photo, and then you got your food. So you were all good. Well, you started telling me a story of just what happened in your week today, and you had my jaw drop. Okay, but with- hold that. 
because I'm going to remind everyone that before we get too far in our storytelling yes, show, yes. and I want to, and just let everybody know that coming up in just a few minutes, we have Wendy Speak joining us, who is a trained actress and an amazing storyteller that uses a medium of drama and storytelling to encourage women. So we're looking forward to hearing the stories, and she's been on quite a few different TV shows. Um, in, in Hollywood, but now she really focuses on using that gift and her experience of storytelling, like I said, to encourage women. So before we get too much farther into our show, we just want to remind everyone they're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty White and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so we have to go into your your storytelling of what happened today. So I had well, a, this week, I mean. Yeah, I had a pretty, I had a pretty, uh, one of those things that, it, you know, you have one of those experiences that you're in the moment, you're not really sure how to respond in the moment, but after it's gone, you realize the significance of mm. that moment. So it's like the past two days, I've been thinking about what happened on Sunday and it's like, okay, I wish I would have now engaged in a different level because mm. I didn't really, you know, have yeah. you ever had oh, that? Yeah. You're like, if I could go back and do it over, because what happened was I was asked and, you know, you get asked and do things and you don't really understand the significance or what you're doing in the yeah, moment. Yeah. And that's what kind of how the story is going to go. So I was asked um, several several years ago, we we were watching the, the Willow Creek Leadership Summit, Global Leadership Summit, and they had a speaker and her name was Mama Maggie. And it's like four years ago, four or five years ago. And this is an, an amazing woman. She dresses all in white. So she literally has this presence yes. of just this presence. Yeah. And it's like a Mother Teresa presence. Well, like, she is actually called the Mother Teresa of Egypt. Oh, and so Mama I Maggie, yeah. Mama Maggie, she um, started this organization called Stephen's Children. And so she goes into, there's literally a place called Garbage City in Cairo um, where like the Coptic Christians, a lot of them live and they, they're, they're living. It's dependent upon the trash from Cairo. They bring it in, sort through it and recycle it. And that's what they live on. So she discovered this community of people and she was, she was raised in a home. Um, her dad was a doctor family, very, um, influential and very affluent. And then she married that she went to the, um, American university in Cairo and she actually taught there. She was a dynamic businesswoman early on and said she used to get her clothes in, in, um, Paris. I mean, just one of those women yeah, and to yeah. see her today, this very simple woman. So anyway, I was asked, well, I have to interrupt you because I, I remember seeing a little piece of a documentary on this area that you're talking about. And it shows, I mean, entire families are in the heaps, yes. heaps of garbage they live in the and heaps. they're, they're running over these mountains. Like we would run over sand dunes Yes, and they're digging in and especially when the trucks come in and dump the garbage, yes. dump the new garbage, they're they're going through every single piece. They're amazing recyclers. And yes. they know how they recycle about eighty percent of the trash that happens in Cairo. And that's amazing. what they're living on and their homes are. Amazing. So I was at so you know about two years ago, as you know our church, um we for we collected an off you know a, a Christmas offering and said we want to um you know, give 
provide shoes for the children. Um, we did it for our, the foster children in our state of Arizona. And then we said, well, let's do it for the children in Garbage City. And all we knew about them was from what we saw on Willow Creek Summit. So um, we did that. So anyway, now today, Mama Maggie was traveling in the States, and she wanted to come out and just say thank you to us um, two years later. So I was asked. She was literally in town less than 24 hours. So I was asked, you know, would you mind picking her up and then letting her stay at your house and hosting her? And I pick her up at the airport, and she is travels. She, is she so, wearing all white? Like she's we all saw white. Her. She's all white. Because I, somebody said you will recognize her. She dresses all in white, and I gotta tell not, you, not like all white in jeans and a t-shirt. No, she's like, in all white. As she has in, a white skirt. She has a white um, t-shirt, a white shawl over, it, and then a white like head covering. Yeah. Um, she has. She's this little frail woman, but she has this amazing presence. Yeah. I mean, you just sense I'm in the presence of somebody. I don't know what to do with this. And so anyway, got to spend a little bit of time. She speaks very softly, as you remember, uh, from the summit. And so it's kind of hard. You have to really lean in and you know how my hearing is not always the best. So it's like I had to really lean forward. But I just remember I asked her how many kids she had. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, I have 32,000. Wow. And I know she has two children of her own, Mm -hmm. but yet she sees the children and, you know, all the children in Garbage City as her children. Well, we are talking about moms today with Wendy Speak. And that it's fascinating when you find women that are. I remember Jill Briscoe when we were talking to her and she said, I wake up in the morning and I just ask God, OK, God, which family needs me most? Which one needs my time? And your spiritual family or your physical family? Yes. Like my own biological family or your family, God, you know, which one, because as, as moms, we deal with that guilt. It's yes. like, okay, I got this family that God gave me, which is amazing. But then I also see these needs. So how do I reconcile that? What do I do with that? And I think as moms, we choose rather than truly allowing God to choose because you hear that all the time, not to put more guilt on moms, but you'll hear, I can't serve in this season of life, or I can't, um, you know, do that right now because I have young ones at home or I'm trying to, you know, do carpool or whatever. And sometimes God is whispering and nudging you. No, you, you can go over here and do this because right now my spiritual family also needs for this day and just even for mm-hmm. this day. But it goes back to, you know, there's the stories we tell others and then there's the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. And I think we're always having that, that, that kind of dilemma, that tension inside going, Okay, God, what am I supposed to do with all this? So just spending um, literally just a couple hours with her Mm -hmm. um, and just hearing a few more of her stories and just being in her presence. You know, this is a woman. She had had a, you know, a huge transformation about, um, you know, her life. Mm -hmm. I mean, going from prominence and affluence to just living very, very simply. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things I've been going Okay, where do I need to simplify? (laughs) You know, you walk in and you start seeing your own surroundings and everything differently. Where is my metamorphosis supposed to be taking place? (laughs) It's so funny because it's like she literally traveled with two little, you know, canvas bags. And you're like, okay, when I travel, I have a 50-pound bag that I have to weigh at the airport. And I have to go, do I have to go through baggage claim or can this suitcase fit into the little, yeah. And so you just realize it's like, okay. How much stuff in life am I carrying around that I really don't need? Right. And that if we really simplify, because, you know, even when you go and you start picking up, you see a pile at your home, you know, and I, I have a, 
a few piles and they're nicely, they look like decor. Yeah, but definitely. I know Your they're piles a pile. Good. Yeah. I know they're a pile that I don't want to deal with yet, you know, but I, I can know, I know how to decorate them. Yeah. And, and, but when I do go through those piles, I am lighter, like emotionally. Yeah. Cause it's like, I've accomplished something. I've been able to check something off my, my list. I don't, it doesn't consume me anymore. Like thinking every time I got to do something about it. I that. just had a pile that I had cleaned up my closet and I kept thinking, I'm going to go through that pile. And instead of going through it, I threw it in a bag and I just brought it down to the church for our acts program. It felt so, it's like, why do I have to go through that? It's yeah. a resource that someone could be using right now. Yep. And you're going to wait months to go through this pile. And it is, it's so freeing. It's I blend totally agree. So as we go into our storytelling time today, let's all kind of think, you know, where are ways we can simplify, but we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to, we're going to be with our first, our guest, Wendy speak. And, and here's some more stories that we can learn from. We'll be right back on girlfriend at radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When eating out, sushi is a wise choice. The Mayo Clinic says that most types of seafood are relatively low in calories and are full of nutritional benefits. The calories in sushi vary depending on the dish and how it's prepared. In fact, the same sushi dish may have a different nutritional profile when it's prepared by a different chef or made in a certain restaurant. This depends on the specific mix of ingredients. Generally though, sushi can be included in a healthy eating plan. To reduce the calories in your sushi meal, avoid anything prepared with mayonnaise or added sauce. Begin your meal with low calorie soup. Pass over the shrimp tempura rolls and choose the cucumber rolls instead. Be sure to order the sushi without any rice at all because one cup of cooked white rice has about 240 calories. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, joining us now, we already gave you a little bit of a tease. We have Wendy Speak, and she is a trained actress and a heartfelt teacher. She ministers to women's hearts through storytelling and life applications, utilizing drama, comedy, poetry, and the study of God's Word. During her career in Hollywood, she was on shows such as Jack, Melrose Place, Star Trek Voyager, and Roswell. And Wendy found herself longing to tell stories that edify and encourage women. She's also the author of several books that we're going to be talking about here. But, well, first of all, Wendy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And, and Wendy, I have to I jump in there on um, Melrose Place. I have to tell you, when I, when I was watching Melrose Place, I wouldn't tell anyone that I was watching Melrose Play. <laughs> well, you know what? I actually had a women's ministry director say, um, I don't think you should have that on your website. <laughs> I was like, really? Because I thought that was a big win back in the day to have that on my it was, resume. It was. See, maybe when I'm performing for women's groups at churches, maybe it's a little sketchy. <laughs> Well, well, the the dead hate the living is another one that. <laughs> well, that was not that one is not on my website. I don't know where you found that information, but uh, but you know, know my you. my writing partner in the book that we're going to talk about when she talks about our meeting, she tells the story about our husbands who hooked us up, and we're both wild creative. So I'm an actress who writes. She's a writer who sings. And the first time they came over to our house, I made this extravagant meal because I love to be creative that way, too. And we're talking at the table, and my husband said, we went to um, Blockbuster. You remember Blockbuster video. And we saw Wendy's movie, The Dead Hate the Living, and they're like, what? She was in, like, a horror film? And uh, so, yeah. Anyway, that's part of our <laughs> our story of getting to know each other. So they're like, let's watch it. I'm like, no, 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 it's not edifying. Oh, we got to watch it. And finally, I just said, no, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Let's watch it. So, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And you know what's funny about that, Wendy? And, and Lisa and I, we've had so many conversations about this because we, we've also had um, – Nancy Stafford, I don't know if you remember the actress that was in Matlock. She worked with, she was the niece of Annie Griffith in that show. And uh, we've had such a good time talking with her just how if if more actors would get into Hollywood, Mm -hmm. that what, you know, just letting your light shine in a a very dark spot, rather than being so concerned about what show it is. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and well, I think that there's there's a thin line there because we need to make sure we're not doing something that is unbiblical because that really doesn't give us a good testimony. But um, but being in there, just being in the environment, you're absolutely right. Letting our light shine, but also helping develop family friendly um, films that point people to redemptive themes. You know, if their hearts would be open to films that are open to, uh, you know, that have redemptive themes, then, of course, we can talk about the greatest redemptive story of all time. Well, you know, you're absolutely right, because so many times we don't give another option. You know, there were just, we allow the other voice to dominate Mm -hmm. and to make the decisions and to influence instead of going, no, this is not... People don't all want that. Here's what a lot of mm-hmm. people want, and we need to give them another option and show them another another way. So it's it really is a great opportunity for believers to really be in that industry and to you know tell a different story and and, yeah. and to really yeah. minister. So we love that. I mean that's that's to me living 
of the kingdom mindset. But you, you, you kind of doing life. You're talking about your friend Kelly coming together. So we'd love to hear how you know you guys, your friendship, how you guys kind of you know you start talking, you're dreaming, realize okay, there's something that can emerge from this friendship, and both bringing your life experience and your talents together. Talk us a little bit about that because you um, you sure. write life creative. Right. Well, we had to we had to live life creative first, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we we start our story, our personal friendship story, fifteen years ago, right about this time of the year. We were both newlyweds, and we met in Dallas, Texas, and we were going to the same church. And um, we used to meet up at Barnes and Noble and the Starbucks, and we would sit and we just wrote. Like I said, both wildly creative, and we had all of these dreams to have creative ministries, write different books. My dream is to write, um, one of my dreams is to write screenplays, and she's a novelist. And so we would sit with our chai lattes and our scones, and we would just dream together. And shortly after that, within 18 months, two years, we were both started popping out babies. And our conversation switched to potty training and nursing and and how do you fit time with your husband into this busyness and over the years we just kind of let go of what used to fuel our days because we we were just you know we were doing the whole mommy thing which is wonderful but a few years into it she flew out we weren't living in the city same city anymore she flew out to california and stayed with me for a weekend without her kids i think she had three kids at that time and she, I remember she was sitting there crying on my couch, and she said, Wendy, I feel like I've lost myself. And, of course, I start crying. I'm like, yes, that's a real thing. I think maybe this is common. And we started talking about what would it mean, what would it look like to start fitting who we are into this picture of family life because we're so good at talking about our children. Oh, I will praise you, God, because they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Which is true, but if you look at that verse in Psalm 139, it's first person. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So how do we not, in the sacrificing that's necessary in parenting, how do we not completely lay our lives down and lose ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so that's where this conversation started. And we started hosting just a very small um, conference, not a conference, I'm sorry, a retreat in my in my home for our creative mom friends where it was just like four days of eating good food, a quiet house where we would just write. We'd come together over meals and share our dreams and do what we used to do. And it was just so much fun and so special and so fruitful. We said, how can we get this message and this encouragement to other ladies? And we, we wrote the book. Mm. That is, that is it, it, so how, would, how did that like creative writing process Look, you guys are living in different cities, I'm assuming. And so how do you collaborate to really put this book together? That's a great question. And I think that there are probably a myriad of answers. So I can tell you just the experience that we had. Um, She was pregnant with her fourth child when we started the process. So our goal was just to write the outline and the first three chapters. And um, I just sent her three chapters. I was like, I'm inspired. I have the space right now. And she said yes, and she put her fingers through it so it sounds like not my voice and not her voice. It has, we really developed our voice together. So we wrote it in one voice rather than Wendy says this and then Kelly says that. And, um, 
And then she wrote the annotated outline that went with it and the actual proposal. And then once we got, once the book was sold, we hit those other chapters really hard. And she had ones that are more technical with turning that creative hobby into a business. And I had the ones that talked more about feeling like you're in the dark ages of motherhood, but a renaissance <laughs> is coming. And and then everything she wrote, I would go through and add my stories and, and my voice into, and then she would go through all of mine. And at this point, when we read through the book, we don't know who wrote what. It just, mm-hmm. it just is both of us. But I think that's very unusual. I've actually never spoken to what I call creative collaborators that had that exact experience. I just think that the message was, was really both of ours so much that um, we don't know where one voice stops and the next one starts. It really is just one voice. But last year I wrote another book with a gal, and I had a chapter, then she had a chapter, then I had a chapter. So I think that in creative collaboration, you just you just go for it, and you find your way, and it becomes, you know, just like every piece of art, um, you know, a unique thing. Mm. Uh, just hearing you talk, Lisa and I just keep staring at each other because you are so speaking our lingo. Um, we, same thing. It was 16 years ago when God, we always mm-hmm. say God collided our worlds. And mm-hmm. what's really cool about what you're sharing when you have that creative uh, collaboration and you're, we, we started writing, um, like a training manual for women in ministry and mm. you wouldn't know, I mean, we would finish each other's sentences. It was really kind of freaky, yeah. uh, cause mm-hmm. you're always kind of in this honeymoon stage of, with a vision of mm-hmm. you're excited to work together in the morning and like you said, you know, going to Barnes and Nobles, we would just sit there and dream. And what's really fascinating about that is that it's God's voice because you really yeah. don't know, okay, that's that's what you said, that's what I said. And then when we would go speak somewhere, it was it was hysterical because someone would come up to us and they they'd look at me and say, When Lisa said that, and it, in my mind I'm thinking, Oh, I said that. And then <laughs> they could say, When Patty said that, and we uh-huh. how that they don't even remember who's saying yeah. what because it's really not our voice. It's God's right, voice. Right, right. And what a picture of the body, too. You know, we, yes. we really can't take ownership of anything we put our hands to that bears fruit because we're just one of the limbs or, or we're just the left ear. I mean, we really are. That's how we should be entering, entering into anything that's ministry-oriented is I don't have complete ownership of this. I'm just mm-hmm. one of the pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And, you know, just that collaboration is so significant because, you know, women, they get so um, intimidated or whatever, like, I have to do something. But it's like, no, just collaborate. And if you don't worry about who takes credit mm-hmm. or who gets credit, yeah. it takes, it's so freeing. It yeah. takes the pressure off. Yes. Just, just start I, some conversations. I hear Lisa in the background going, yes, yes. I, I, I absolutely agree. I had no idea that I was going to take such little ownership. Um, before I wrote a book, I thought, you know, you wrote, write a book, there, there would be this sense of, and people talk about it all the time, like you're birthing your baby. No, well, yeah. that's how my baby, that, that was like, like I really did just labor. But with these books, I'm like, wow, God, you were really up to something. How cool that you invited me to come along mm-hmm. and to come that's along so with a best friend. Yeah. Well, it, you do realize, you're like, okay, this is like, 
we're, we always said, you know, it's like we're on a roller coaster ride with your hands in the air and you're just, mm-hmm. sometimes all you can do is go, we, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's even, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's a wild ride. You got to buckle in and you don't know, you know, where it's going to take you and what it's going to look like, but you just know you don't want to miss it. And I think that's yeah. the thing is like, you know, do something you don't want to miss. Well, we're going to take mm. a quick break, Wendy, and come back and, and keep talking about this because like Patty said, you are speaking our language and, you know, if more women collaborate, it's going to be taking a break and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What in the world are you listening to, young man? Oh, Mom, it's just a cool comedy radio show. Well, it sounds much too adult-oriented for you, young man. But it's PG-13, and it's about six super nerds having crazy adventures while they try to take over the world. And you are only 12. Now go to your room and watch Nickelodeon or something. Oh, Mom. Now just what is this? <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. I've got to tell my friends about Paranoia Texas on TylerNet and TogiNet Radio Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's a show filled with outrageous adventure and hilarious attitude, but it's definitely rated PG-13. I love it. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are chatting with author Wendy Speak, who just finished a book with a co-author, Kelly, and it's called Life Creative, and just talking about how um, God uses those those friendships to collaborate to basically birth a baby, and then you're out there putting it up for adoption as you're putting it on the shelves, and that's so so exciting. But Wendy, um, during the break, we were just laughing about you've had a career in Hollywood, and you've been on shows such as Jag and Melrose Place, Star Trek Voyager, and Roswell, and then a few others that you you don't necessarily have in your bio, but. <laughs> 
we're going to expose you because we think it's pretty amazing. The fact that you can look your name up and Rotten Tomatoes comes up is a, is a pretty big deal, too. But um, we, we want to talk a little bit more about your, your book. And, and But I also, just because I'm so intrigued with uh, how God puts people in Hollywood— and uses every single experience. I just want to know a little bit more about what was going on in your life that you even went into that direction. Right. Well, it's all it's all I've ever wanted to be was an actress, except when I was, I'm not sure the age, it might have been about seven to nine. Um, I really wanted to be a truck driver because purple was my favorite color, and I thought if I had a purple rig and someone could spray paint purple passion on the side, I thought that would just be the coolest thing in the world. But other than that brief detour in dreams, acting is all I've ever wanted to do. And so I went to, um, I chose a college based on where was the coach that I wanted to study with, and I went to Emerson College in Boston for my freshman year to study with Kristen Linkletter because she just had this wonderful reputation and um, and it was it, I learned a lot that year, but I was very very sick in Boston, like seriously sick all the time. I think it was just the weather. I'm a California girl. The brownstones were so dry, and I had bronchitis basically for the entire winter. Mm. And I remember um, I was also very involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, which encourages you to not just go to their meetings but start Bible studies. But on my college campus. I was at the most liberal college, I think, on the East Coast, and there were no Christians, like no Christians anywhere to be found. So I started a Bible study for non-Christians, just, hey, have you ever wondered what the Bible says, and what does it have to do with you? And I had so many people start coming to that. But here I was sick in the midst of it, and I remember just praying out the Lord in my little teeny bathroom. I had the hot water running to get it steamy. I had my humidifier going, and I was drinking Robitussin straight from the bottle. And <laughs> I remember saying, Lord, what do you want from me? Because I don't feel like I'm supposed to be here. There's no Christian fellowship. Um, I'm sick all the time, and it is the only time in my life where the voice was practically audible. And um, and it is not because I was drinking Robitussin from the bottle. Like This was an encounter <laughs> with the living God who wants to communicate with us. And he said, Wendy, you keep honing your craft as a storyteller. You keep loving me and telling people about me, and I am going to bring these things together in a really clear way. And I just had this vision in that moment of what it might be, which was doing maybe one-woman shows for women's events, um, entertaining them and then transitioning into the gospel message or just Bible teaching. And it was 18 years later. So I was 18. So another 18 years later, I was about 36, and I started doing it. So that was half a lifetime of waiting. It's kind of like Habakkuk. You know, I'm giving you the vision. Write it down. It's going to feel like it's going to tarry, but wait for it. And I think that's what my time in Hollywood was, was not so much waiting, but Using that time to grow my skill set, I was in God's Word, I was growing my skills as an actress, and then all of a sudden, bam, he just opened up opportunities, and I started doing what that vision was when I was 18 years old. So in a way, we say, we've got to go to Hollywood and be the light, but in a way, I feel like the Lord said, I'm sending you to Hollywood, not to give them something, but to take something from them. I want to grow your skill set 
in in that environment so that you can take it and bring it to women and entertain them into the gospel. Mm. I, I Right now, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless because what you're saying just resonates um, with us so much that uh, so many times, like I'll even watch a movie and you have a tendency to go, oh, but it was a secular show. And God mm-hmm. will use that to really just speak into your, into your soul to go, okay, mm-hmm. go and do this. And it's mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. I, I think that is um, so neat that you were able to even identify that because it is sometimes about how am I going to grow here to use God's gift and to bring this back into the church? Because I know one of the things I struggled with when I first got out of college, when I went into church, it was way too churchy. And Mm -hmm. I, when I met Lisa, I felt like, okay, here's someone and here she was a pastor's wife. That's not so churchy that you can connect with and you can bring exactly what you're saying, bring that fun and entertainment and, and, I say that with, you know, so many times that gets ripped like, oh, it's just new age, what you guys are talking about and you're taking God away from it. No, you're just not putting God in a box. And so I I love what you're saying. What was the first show or movie or, um, you know, TV show that you you went into? Oh, goodness. I don't remember what the first one was that I booked. Um Right after college, I, I was still in, um, I had left Boston and I went to Rollins in Winter Park, Florida to study with a different coach and um, and not be in that cold weather where I had bronchitis all the time. <laughs> and um, I got an agent in Orlando knowing that I was going to end up being back in L.A. eventually for my career. I, I thought, well, maybe during my time in Orlando, I could join the union so that it was an easier transition to L.A., so I got an agent there, and right after college, I booked a public service public service announcement. It's just the smallest little role, but it allowed me to join the union before going back. And then it was a couple of years before I started booking just small small guest spots on these different shows. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't yeah, remember what which the first show was, though. Yeah. What has been one of the, like, just being in, like you said, that industry, which is not known for, you know, really being <laughs> uh, attentive to, to God and, and desiring that. Mm-hmm. What has been some, some really cool things that God has shown you that you have realized in that journey and just being involved with that? Sure. Um, well, I think this comes back to the book Life Creative, which is that we were made in a a creative way. We were made, you know, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit at the beginning there of the formation of the world. They were together and they said, let us make man in our image. And so that's a multifaceted God. And Mm -hmm. one of those facets is a creator. And before God even created, he had to have the inspiration first. So he's this inspired, loving, creative God. And we're made in that image. And so I think that the main takeaway for me in my own creative life, and specifically, I think I'm a picture of this because of that, that conversation I had with the Lord when I was so sick, which is you keep honing your craft, 
because I've got a plan to use that skill for my glory. He doesn't just give us these creative gifts, whether it's, I don't know who your listeners are, but maybe they're writers, maybe they're bloggers, maybe they're women's ministry directors, maybe they're the one that goes into the church and has that big, beautiful banner above the stage and is hanging twinkle lights and is making the most beautiful meals for the women's gatherings. But I made you with that gift not to turn the spotlight on you and your great giftedness, but to turn the spotlight on the creative that gave it to you so that you could give it back to me. And I think that that's why that picture of me being in Hollywood, honing those skills, and then him taking me out of Hollywood and putting me in the church is such a pretty thing, is because he gave us these gifts so that we could give them back to him. That's not saying you can't do it out in the secular world. Do it. Do it wherever he puts you, but turn mm-hmm. the spotlight on him. Absolutely, and that's the key. Turn the spotlight on him because we see too many, um, too many people living with a celebrity mentality, you know, yeah. and and we esteem that. I want to ask, what what would you say to the woman sitting out there listening to this, going? And we just have like a couple minutes before we have to take a break, so okay. um, and we can finish the conversation in our next segment. But what would you say to the woman who's sitting there going? I used to be creative, but I, yes. I feel like I'm stuck right now, and I can't even think. I go, I'm just looking at a blank paper. I'm looking at right. a blank screen. I'm looking at a blank. I don't even know what to do. Or the woman yeah. also saying, I don't. I've never seen myself as creative. Yes. Well, I would. I would first say um, gently. <laughs> a little embarrassment. <laughs> By life, creative, <laughs> because we talk to you. And so much our creativity, we think that we have to be standing in front of people and putting on show, doing a dance, singing a song, writing a book, um, painting a portrait. But really, the life you're living in your home with your people is the best place to start getting Mm -hmm. your fingers dirty and getting into this creative life as you make your meals, as you put out your pumpkins this fall, as you make that pumpkin spice bunk cake uh, and serve it to your people as you cut back the summer garden and get ready for a new season. Start right where you are. And we'll talk, we can talk more about that, but that's really my favorite theme in Life Creative. Well, and that's a good thing. It was like, start where you are because we tend mm-hmm. to minimize or diminish what is right in front of us and the life we have. And we're always comparing to somebody else's life. And, you know, through the social media, it's, it's always heightened and, and it, and we tend to look at it and go, I can't, I'm not. And so that's the story we tell ourselves so many times instead of right. really seeing ourselves as valued and as creative and, and, and created in the image of the creator of the universe. And so if we really, you know, change the story we tell ourselves, I, I think we'd be amazed at what God wants to do and will do through our own lives. And we can talk a little bit more about that in the next segment coming up and, and just what does that look like? And especially if you're, if you're sitting there going, I'm just stuck. I'm just, I can't get out of this, this place. And I know you tell me, you know, to see your life and do this, but I'm not seeing that, you know, or and I'm not feeling like I'm hearing from God. And, and there's so many women that are in that place. And, and a lot of times they're in that place because they're in a transition time in life transitioning from one season of life to another. And it's like, I don't know what this next season should look like and will look like. So we're going to, we're going to pause right here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Wendy speak.
This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Now that school has ended and summer begins, it's time to think about what your children and you will be eating. It's easy to buy junk food snacks for them that they love. But I want to urge you to think again and use this opportunity of new schedules to eliminate or at least drastically reduce your family's consumption of junk food. Trans fats, sodium, hidden calories, genetically modified ingredients are all good reasons to give up processed junk food. There are also phosphates, which are the food additives that doctors are linking to higher rates of weak bones, chronic kidney disease, and premature death. Do you want to eat that? Choose instead to eat fresh fruit like nectarines, peaches, bananas, and berries. Nuts are delicious, as are fresh vegetables and whole grains. Don't settle for junk food. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are having a blast chatting with Wendy Speak, author of Life Creative. And Wendy is a trained actress and heartfelt teacher. She ministers to women's hearts through storytelling and life applications, utilizing drama, comedy, poetry, and the study of God's Word. And we just uh, left the last um, part of the show going on a commercial break, talking about how we continuously compare ourselves. And I know, Wendy, you you said some things when you said, just start. Like, I love that, how you painted that picture. As a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. when you were saying, you know, start right there with your people, uh, you started making my creative juices just salivate because you're very inspired Mm -hmm. with sharing your story and how God works. And, you know, so many times, we, we get that way. We get really excited and then we get stagnant thinking, ah, mine doesn't look as good as, you know, like you said, right. social media, right. Lisa, when we start comparing ourselves to Pinterest and all these things, we're comparing ourselves to the end project rather than yeah. going, you know what, I'm going to do this for my people and I'm going to just lean right. in. I love how you kept saying, just honing your craft, like lean in mm-hmm. and through, as you're going through the process that's where you're going to see God because it's that whole you're finding which path that you're joining him on. But if you're if you're paralyzed and you don't do anything because you're so yeah. into compare that comparison game, then well, we've been really taught that success is bigger and better. Yeah, you know that that's a measure right. of success. So we measure success where if I'm not speaking to thousands and I have 
this huge following, then what I do doesn't really matter. Right. Instead of what well, I love saying, that you say that. That's that's yeah. the perfect place to start because I think that especially for for um, women that that have this this big vision out there and they're like, well, I, I know that I'm sort of. I, I know I sort of have this dream, but how do I get from point A to point B? I compare it a lot to the gospel. When, when, well, not the gospel, the Great Commission. So Jesus is leaving, and he said, I've got a plan for you. I want you to go out from Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the farthest corners of the earth. And I want you to teach them, and I want you to baptize them. I want you to be everything you are. Use all the gifts I've given you. To, to bring me glory to the farthest recesses of the world. But it starts in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was home for the early church. It starts for us at home, mm-hmm. who you are, how you were made, the way you impact lives, the way you creatively express Christ in you, the hope of glory, through the way you decorate your living room and change out the wreath with the season. And then from there... Because this book is really for moms who feel like they're in the dark ages right now. So there's no room for their creativity anymore. So mm-hmm. you're at home. So bring it into the way that you're doing crafts with your children. Bring it into to the projects that you do and the gardening you do. Um, and then from there, as there's a little bit more time, the inspiration starts to take over. Go out into your Judea and your Samaria. That's in your local church. That's being the room mom in your kids' class and hosting the parties and bringing in the holiday craft and making the, the you know the the cupcakes that are decorated like I don't know snowmen. I, I, I'm not that person, but but <laughs> if you are that sort of creative, like it can start mm-hmm. at home, it can get a little bigger and a little wiser. I'm sorry, wider. It doesn't need to look like Pinterest. It needs to look like you, and from there. It can go out even farther than that, especially in this digital age. You mm-hmm. and I, okay, I am, this is, I'm a homeschool mom, but today my kids are at a co-op class. So I am still in my Jerusalem on a call with you ladies, and we are going out into the world. What a picture of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. So start mm-hmm. where you are and allow it to, to go from there in a very organic way. And I, and I love that in an organic way. And I think if, if we're not being obedient to what God is calling us to do, just starting where we are, I, that's trickling into our kids. And I know Lisa and I've had this conversation. I, I work with high school girls and I have one that's trying to do a project right now where she, she wants to, um, you know, raise money for the refugees, which is an awesome, awesome idea. And her heart is is just amazing. And you want for her to start in her home, like start doing Mm -hmm. it right here in your house, have a garage sale in your house. And Mm -hmm. instead, because of what we've done with everything has to be this grandiose project and it has to have thousands and thousands of people, they want it to be on the jumbo screen, advertise it to the church. Mm -hmm. And they haven't even started in the small areas to know how to put on it's, you know, scripture on being faithful in the small things. And it, it. it, we have done that to our kids. We have created that where it has to have 50,000 likes when they do one event yeah. rather than. And wait, if they don't, they have failed. They have failed. 
I can't just well, and I think also of mission work. You know, lots of people have these dreams to be on the mission field or to speak in an arena full of women. Here, that's a good example because you probably have women in in your um, listenership. Do you call that that? <laughs> you know, people who tune in who have who are in women's ministry and they've got this big idea of what it might look like. But the question is, are you loving the women who come into your home? Mm-hmm. And are you loving the woman next door? And are you loving the woman in line with you at the grocery store or checking you out? And are, are you loving where you are? Because it starts here. And so you're saying to your daughter, are we doing something for the refugee crisis where we are? Before we slap it on a jumbotron and tell people, here, let's do something. Are we living it? Are we praying for them? Are we are we doing research to find out what it might look like in my home to love people well before we get these grandiose ideas and um, and think, you know, we've got to have 50,000 followers telling us, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll do it with you. Like, are you doing it? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We want that that big jump. Well, I have to tell you, Wendy, this is Patty, and um, Lisa is mocking me right now. Yeah. She's she's laughing because you're you're talking about you know, do you love people? Do you are you loving people well? And she and the ones that are with you. <laughs> she teases me because no matter where I am, I I love the one I'm with. And uh-huh. And, and they, it's, you know, because of the song, she just laughs because I just move on to she one pledge, person. She pledges her love to that person at that moment. And like, they're going to go yeah. change the world together. And then the next person comes along and she does the same thing. And I'm like, you just love the one you're with. And that person has no idea. And you you like, know what? Like, Being in, the moment. in your line of work um, as, a, as a radio hostess. That's a good gift. Like, I, I should feel loved by you. But you know what? In your next um, installment of, of um, Girlfriend It, whoever you're with next week needs to feel loved by you, too. So that's that might be your spiritual gift, to love the one you're with. Okay, okay Wendy, Thank you, Wendy. Wendy. Please don't encourage this, okay? Because it's not necessarily taken in the right way. I'm going to love the one you're with. Okay? I'm standing in a spiritual life. I am so all for, yes, making people feel valued and stuff. But this takes it to another level that is not necessarily... It's leading them down a track that it can't be maintained. So it's like, so it's really not that honorable, but you know, so they're encouraging something here that we don't need to encourage. But anyway, we laugh about it because it's like, all right. Thank you, Wendy. You just spiritualized me and I I appreciate that. But, but going on with that, that is so true. You know, there was one point where Lisa and I were talking um, to a bunch of prisoners that were murderers and rapers and they rapers. Is that a right word? Rapists, 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 not rappers. And when we went in, there was a girlfriend of ours that made a comment that your audience, if you look at your audience with potential and you're mm-hmm. seeing them, if, exactly what you're saying, you're seeing them through God's eyes and through love. That is how you'll speak to them, and that is how you'll see them. And um, that was really eye-opening for me because sometimes we just we go, okay, God, give me the words, give me the wisdom, let me go do this thing, rather than really praying that you will love them, that it will be an unconditional love, that God's love is just flowing through you, and that's what they're going to see. Not you, yeah. but like you're saying, to truly love the one that you're with. So that that is a great tip for our listeners. 
Well, yeah. and I think yeah. well, I start, a lot we, we can't start and, be in the arena, you know, and I think we're, we're, we're talk, you know, told, you know, go, you're supposed to speak in the arena and that's success, but we can all start at home. That's doable for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's Absolutely. where you're supposed to start. And I think that's a good reminder. And, and we need to give each other permission to go. That is honorable. That is an amazing. If you would start at home and just encourage in that way, mm-hmm. because we always feel like, well, that's not enough. But look at what our neighborhoods would look like in our community. If we all just did the, the body obedient and what God has put right in front of us and starting in our own home, we really can change our communities and the world mm-hmm. and the ripple effects and how God multiplies it. We just have to step in and do our act of obedience. So that is such a great takeaway and a reminder, Wendy, for our women. Well, we have less than two minutes and we just so appreciate you joining our show and taking your time and tell Kelly we missed her, that we had a party without her, but we're, we're thinking about her and we appreciate her. <laughs> and how can our listeners uh, find your book, Life Creative, and learn a little bit more? Life Creative, Inspiration for Today's Renaissance Mom um, is on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com and uh, I was just in a Barnes and Noble with my kids last night and we found it. It was our first, you know, out in the wild spotting. So that was fun. <laughs> and then they can follow along if they're Instagram gals. Join us. Um, Life Creative, all lowercase. I think that's what it is. I should pop on over and make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and because um, so, we're always doing um, great pieces of inspiration there for those moms who are trying to fit. Yes, Life Creative, all lowercase, trying to fit really anything beyond mothering. We talk about all these dreams that we have, but dreams that intersect the dream of mothering can really um, be difficult. How in the world can I be anything other than a mom? And I've wanted this for so long, and how can it fit? And um, so we, we just have great pieces of encouragement there on the Instagram feed. But pick up the book, and um, you can find me on wendyspeak.com. And I just had a great time being with you ladies. Well, you have been delightful and very fun, and and you have really um, spoken our language in many ways, <laughs> on many levels, and it has been it has been a joy to just to talk to you and hear your story. Wendy speaks speaks our lingo. Yes, and you know, just so <laughs> yes. people know, speak has an e on the end of it. Correct. Yes, it does. Okay, so if you're if you're you know googling or whatever. So again, thank you for joining our show and the conversation we've had today. And you know, just an encouragement: start where you are. Look right in your home and your family, and that is an awesome place. Thanks for joining our show today. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.